Dude, you know what I was thinking? Um, just looking at this, I don't know what you call it, game cast, maybe if that's the right thing on ESPN.com, like of the Orioles game. I what is what's the best job in sports that's not directly related to the team? You know what I mean? Like it could be you could be working at the stadium or you could be doing like stats or something like that, but like what's the think- what's the best job i think i've talked about this before i'm not sure if it counts as the best job but it's a pretty dang good one uh there was a summer that i worked for the saint paul saints and i worked as part of their operations group so really it was just kind of you know um uh, selling tickets um manning the the parking lots where people were parking their cars um and then doing like trash pickup and everything so like the job itself wasn't great uh, just a lot of manual labor, but there were off periods where, you know, we would be done with our work during the game. There's only so much that you can do, particularly for, you know, adult yeah. league or high school games where there just aren't as many people. Uh, you maybe have like 50 to 60 people in the stands as opposed to 5,000. So you'd be done with all your work at like, you know, third inning until the game was over. So during those times, I would go with one of my supervisors to one of the concession stands. And we knew one of the concessions people pretty well. And she'd always give us a free thing of cheese curds. And then we'd just take the little, you know, four by four gator uh, that we drove around the stadium, drive it to the right field concourse, sit outside, middle of summer, absolutely gorgeous nights in, in Minnesota, eat cheese curds and watch baseball and get yeah, paid that to sounds- do so. And if that isn't the <laughs> single greatest job I have ever had in my life, yeah. I don't know what is. Yeah, that that sounds like like pretty much the perfect job, I think. And so it's, it's like the the work itself. And when, when we worked, we worked hard. And you know, we were always trying to make sure we got the stadium as clean as we could, as quickly as we could, so we could get out. You know, after games were done. Um, so it's not like we were just sitting around all day watching baseball. But the times that we could do that, oh man, that yeah, was fun. we worked hard and relaxed hard. Let's freaking go. We're going to be calm yet angry (laughs) and we'll see where it takes us. So um, welcome everyone to the Q4 podcast, your favorite podcast hosted by three people who uh, for about the last year or so have not done any prep work for any of these episodes. And today is a little different. Because I put in like five minutes of prep. <laughs> I, I put in nominal amounts of effort as well. Uh, so we've gone from being a pandemic show to a post-pandemic show where... Wow, we are making progress. <laughs> making the, the post-pandemic Q4 podcast welcomes you wherever you are. Uh, I'm not sure we can really call it the post-pandemic because we're still kind of in it. So where it's the somewhere between not really and sort of kind of post-pandemic podcast. Yes, we have we have left the <laughs> I'm going to call it the pandemic mindset <laughs> of me producing this show at least, <laughs> which was uh, I haven't left the house in a couple of weeks. I'm feeling rather. Uh, malaised today. Let's put up a microphone and talk about Aaron Rodgers for an hour. I am still going to talk about Aaron Rodgers today, but it's with a mind that feels fresher (laughs) and more enthused about everything I'm doing. And don't get me wrong. I absolutely love some of our pandemic episodes. I think a couple of the first ones that we did where we were just trying to figure out what to talk about and what to do, uh, and, you know, not having a format led to some of our best discussions on the show. So I, I really like the format, but also there is kind of this, this sense of renewal and, 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 and rebirth and kind of rejuvenation. Like, oh, man, yeah, we're doing a podcast again and we actually have questions. We've got talking points. I prepared a little bit, but I prepared nonetheless. And let, let's freaking go. Let's do this. 
<laughs> no I more talk like, about breakfast foods. Well, <laughs> Although that is one of our my all-time favorite topics that we've ever discussed on this show. I, I think breakfast I, foods and esports are top two topics yes, we've talked about. The, <laughs> the the reminder of of that the fact that we our most consistent podcast release schedule was the beginning of the pandemic which i think it was our most consistent because we were all very sad and uh weren't weren't doing a whole lot um and at the same time we had nothing to talk about so we just kind of pulled anything out that we could like a breakfast food tournament and turned it into the Q4 podcast. And I admire the ingenuity, really. And I, I wrote about this for the Outside Sports Network website, where I was feeling really lost at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, you know, for, we were talking about it a little bit before the show started. Throughout college, I mean, we did sports media. That, that's what we did. That's who we were. And it, I, it contributed in some small way to the larger sports ecosystem of, for us, St. Thomas, and now that we're doing the Q4 podcast, you know, we don't have a whole bunch of listeners. But for the people who tune in, I feel like it, it does provide some level of entertainment. Otherwise, they wouldn't listen. And so turning to Q4 and Offside Sports as some respite for us to be creative and to be with friends and to talk sports even though they weren't happening – for me, that provided me a sense of, of relief and something to look forward to every week. Um, and I, I feel like that was, in our small way, some contribution to other people's lives. And sure, we joke about being a very unprofessional and kind of stupid podcast at, at points, but we have fun. And I hope that translates well. And I hope people found fun and joy whenever listening to us. And, well, they still listen to us. And so I... I I do really appreciate what Q4 became during the pandemic. Although I am excited to kind of get back to our original <laughs> format now that there is just consistently stuff to talk about. Wow. That was that was heavy. It was heavy to start a Q4 podcast. I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Heavy seems negative to me. And I, I want no, this yeah. to be a, a celebration. It's a return to form, but also acknowledging how important Q4 was to all of us in a time when stuff kind of sucked. Yeah. Couldn't put it better myself, Noah. Well said. And with that... Uh, Let's talk about how bad Aaron Rodgers is and for an hour and a, a half. A, a sober and very well thought out, well put, and and meaningful introduction about like this is a place where where three friends come together just to enjoy friendship and bond over over the reason we met. So let's go into our first very articulate and sober. Uh, topic tonight, Q1, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is going to leave Green Bay. I have mixed and feelings about this. One, knowing that the Packers are in trouble always makes me happy. Always puts a smile on my face. <laughs> so overall, that is my emotion going into this. However, I am a little nervous only because, and I think we'll get into this in TJ, I'll let you read the actual question, but I think one of our favorite guys on this podcast is in jeopardy of losing his job because his new team has been linked to Aaron Rodgers. Okay. No, 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 no. I know, I know that what you're about to say involves the man who... Our previous episode, which which got taken down because I am a lazy editor and I didn't edit it right, and it just it got it, it, like I pulled it down. And I was like, it's going to be too hard to fix, so I just left it down. <laughs> but the previous episode was called "Give Teddy His Job Back," which we recorded before he got signed to Denver. If everything falls the way that I know you are suggesting, which is. Aaron Rodgers traded to Denver. 
every scenario I have seen in which that happens, Teddy Bridgewater is traded to Green Bay and given a starting spot. And you see, that's why I am incredibly nervous because I like Teddy and I don't no, no, want no, him no. to go now, to the evil place. <laughs> now hear me out. I don't want that either. But what happens to Green Bay Packers quarterbacks after a few years of playing there? We'll give him a couple of years. All right. If he doesn't work out for him in the right way, or if he gets disgruntled because the Packers are a terrible organization that hates everyone on the team and uh, they honestly don't even deserve to be an NFL franchise, Teddy Bridgewater will leave the Packers. And it will be around the time that Kirk Cousins' contract is up. And now I'm all on board with the Mond Pond. We'll get there later. <laughs> all right. I am 110% diving headfirst into the Mond Pond. But I would so willingly let the Mond Pond go and never think of it again if Teddy Bridgewater were to come back to Minnesota disgruntled with the Packers in two years. You see, you say this as if this is just a, a given trend that is well established and just will happen. It's only happened once. And there were some, hey, okay, there were some but, curves in, involved there. It wasn't just directly from Green Bay to Minnesota. But it was See, see that's that's the thing. Is for first the Vikings will get Aaron Rodgers at some point. <laughs> I I like he's, this less. He's going to retire. But, and then sign with the Jets, and then retire again, and then come sign with the Vikings. <laughs> He's going to retire, sign with the Jets, have the worst season of his career, retire again, come back and get one game away from the Super Bowl, uh, and Sean Payton himself will come out and take a crowbar to his knee. <laughs> and that'll be that. I so you and And I know you mentioned like, oh, only one... Packers quarterback has come to the Vikings after he's retired. The Packers have had, in recent memory, three quarterbacks. One of whom retired before I was born. You got Bart Starr, Brett Favre, and Aaron Rodgers. Can you name another Packers quarterback? You cannot. <laughs> so, that played perfectly into that question, but I literally cannot. Those are my three right there. Matt so, Flynn. one of no, get out of here, with Matt Flynn. <laughs> Matt, I don't. That doesn't count. So one for three of Packers franchise quarterbacks that have come to Minnesota, and the third one has not left Green Bay yet. Which means we're batting 500 on quarterbacks that are franchise quarterbacks <laughs> that leave Green Bay and come to Minnesota. And in the baseball world, that is unheard of, of how good of an average that is. Yeah. Oh, wait, uh, you're missing uh, like one of the all-time great quarterbacks in Curly Lambeau. So uh, add him to that list. Also, just going back, like the, the Packers are one of the oldest teams in the NFL. I mean, they have a 100-year history. I'm going, so. from, I'm going from Super Bowl era, all right? Even still. Um, like 1919, he wouldn't have been able to go to the Vikings in 1919, all right? Either way, I think this is a, uh, a beautiful catastrophe, as it were. Like, this is the <laughs> something where it's like, I wish something like this would happen to the Yankees because it's something's oh. on fire and I'm clapping and jumping around and loving every second of it. But I, what confuses me, and maybe you can enlighten me, but I, I've talked to one of my colleagues about this who's a big Packers fan, and it's just like, where, what's going to be better? Like, wh why is he leaving if not to win? And if he's leaving to win... Why is he leaving? Like, what I, other place so is set I, up better other than literally Kansas City? I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's leaving to win necessarily. I think he's leaving because he just hates the people who run the team because he is an angry, vindictive man. I don't know. I, I think he's a diva. I think there are ways in which 
both could work though to spite the Packers, but then also be in contention for a Super Bowl ring. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you know, it's we we talked about it already, but he has been linked to the Denver Broncos, and they have an underrated team right now. I think they're in position to do fairly well this season. Their defense looks great. They've added some good offensive weapons. Jerry Judy's looking like he'll be, you know, a a upper level wide receiver in the next couple of years here. And it, it could very well be a Peyton Manning situation all over again. I mean, you look, who did the Broncos have before Peyton Manning? Tim Tebow. And sure, they went 11 and 5 with Tebow, but it wasn't because of Tebow. It was because of that great defense that they had. And sure, they had that fantastic game in which they walked off the Steelers on the first play of overtime. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Tim Tebow, but he is not the reason that team did well. And sure enough, they get Peyton Manning, and the Broncos are one of the best teams of the first half of the last decade. They can do the same thing with Aaron Rodgers here and instantly vault themselves into contention. But I I feel like they're where they were at in 20, whatever that was, like 2013 with Tebow, where like they're not even close to what they were then, I don't think. Like they had weapons then. They had uh Demarius Thomas, they had Emmanuel Sanders, they had um that tight end who was Drew something Julius a tight end that played football. He was there and then um <laughs> uh the running back CJ Anderson, I believe at that time. So like they they had pieces on offense. They had weapons on offense in addition to a really really stout defense. And right now I just I don't feel like they're in that same spot. But like keep in mind Aaron Rodgers is, you know, a candidate for MVP every year. So he's better now than Peyton was when he went. In in terms of possibly in terms of stats no, I mean, well, I guess that, that first year is yeah, kind of tw- skewed. Well, from, yeah, from 2013 Peyton Manning, but... Peyton Manning set records. So I think Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning are at similar places in their careers. So when, when Manning started with the Broncos, I think Rodgers is in a similar place in his career now. And I think they could do similar things. And sure, yeah, the Broncos team isn't as strong, but Rodgers elevates the players around him. I mean, look at the receivers he's worked with over the last decade since the Packers' last Super Bowl. He elevates those players. And sure, I mean, yeah, the the Broncos are – they've got some decent pieces, but none stick out. But I think Rodgers can make a couple of good guys look great and a couple of great guys look like superstars. And so all of this to say, wherever Rodgers ends up, that team instantly gets better, and they, I think, instantly become contenders particularly depending on where he ends up. Like if he ends up with the Broncos, they've got to be, you know, at least talked about in the AFC West. Obviously you got to get past the chiefs, but they present a much significant or a significantly bigger threat. Let's say he goes to the Panthers. They need a quarterback now. (laughs) Are you going to tell me that Sam Darnold is the definitive starter in Carolina that he could work? Um, Um, Let's talk about the New Orleans saints. They need a quarterback. You think Jameis Winston or, uh, Taysom Hill is Sean Payton going to turn down Aaron Rodgers for those two guys? So, I don't think so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now about the Saints. Um, the Green Bay Packers right now for Aaron Rodgers to leave have to trade, and they were already offered essentially the entire house from the 49ers before the draft. Niners were like, we want Rodgers. They get, they offered everything that they could. And all of this obviously is rumors because you there's nothing straightforward about anything that's happening in this situation. Uh, Green Bay management was unwilling to let Rodgers go to an NFC team. If they were going to let him go, it was going to be to a team that they wouldn't have to play most likely in the regular season. I mean, but at what point can't argue with that? At what point does the choice stay theirs, or at what point do they lose a choice? Because if Aaron Rodgers holds out, or if he retires, they get nothing. So if yo my gosh, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers holding out? I know the thought of it. 
like i'm sorry i guarantee there's a packers fan that's gonna listen to this and get me really get really mad about it but the idea of aaron Rodgers sitting on the bench just because he doesn't want to play that's something that, that makes me unreasonably giddy yes and i think so if he feels as disrespected as people say he does and aaron Rodgers has not come out or Packers management has not come out and actually like directly talked about this. So as TJ mentioned, this is all rumor and speculation. But if he if he does feel as bad as people say he is, and if he does feel as mistreated and upset as people say he does, it's very possible that he does sit out. And so at what point, as the Packers, if you're the Packers, do you say, oh, crap, this got a lot worse than we were expecting. Let's just cut bait and get what we can for him, or else we just lose him and get nothing. And so I think... And once again, this is all speculation. It, it is possible that maybe a future holdout or whatever it might be might force the Packers' hands enough to rethink trading Rodgers. It's tough, tough to say right now because it's right now it's just kind of a um, a Cold War situation where it's like, nope, you do it, nope, you do it, nope, you do it, nope, you do it. So it's like there's there's not really anything to I don't, I don't know how to say this there's like no one's no one's really being pushed to make a decision right now i think the packers are probably actively shipping him right now because they're thinking well if he does hold out then his value starts to decrease and we're screwed so we got to get rid of him but at the same time they're like well if he's going to come back and we can win this battle then we're going to have aaron rodgers so um i it's hard to say right now i think once those like practices those first team meetings and stuff come out and if he's not going to those then i think it's kind of panic button time for packers organization to to make a move and get as much as they can because um i believe he has this year left in his contract and then he has an option for next year so that'll obviously be uh be taken and and he will leave i mean unless something drastic changes so i've i've just been reading the news in the background here just to try to get because they're there's a, a piece of news that dropped uh, six minutes ago. All right. A rumor from six minutes ago, as of currently recording this podcast on May 10th, that apparently the Packers uh, are not actively fielding offers for Aaron Rodgers right now. And they have offered him a contract extension that would make him the highest paid player in NFL history. Interesting. So. Well. He has you, not accepted this offer, but they have put it on the table. You can't tell me that they're not. Maybe actively is the wrong word, but you can't tell me that there's not like background conversations going on. Like, okay, but if this doesn't work, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Can't tell me that's not happening right now. Like, there's, there's no way because if he's if he just says I'm not showing up, then. Yeah, the Packers are no longer like favored. I'd I'd even argue to say they're no longer really a threat to win the division with no Aaron Rodgers. Like, no chance with Jordan Love being thrown in there. No chance. They'd have to make a trade somewhere. I I, I did hear uh, a weird uh, trade rumor that got me excited. Um, you said all this stuff about not wanting to trade him to an NFC team. What if uh, he moved to arguably the greatest turnaround story in all of sports and uh, went to Cleveland? That is something that was interesting. What? That I I heard it. I've seen packages about it. I don't think it's going to happen. But can you imagine that? That's weaponry. He's got weaponry everywhere. And they just signed Jadavian Clowney. Weaponry. TJ, weaponry, an arsenal. Are you, t- are you telling me that the Browns would trade Baker Mayfield to the Packers and the Packers would be like, yeah, all right. Well, this is not straight up, of yeah. course. No, but like the other thing I was thinking of was like, good luck when one wrong thing 
happens with Aaron Rodgers, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. in the locker room because that is just going to be fireworks would not do that justice. By the end of the first week in Cleveland, Aaron Rodgers would have vowed to never speak to any of his teammates again. (laughs) They would not be on speaking terms. I'm surprised, like that that he's like this, just because this is a total like anti Brett Favre thing to me. Like Brett Favre would have never done anything like this, like allegedly spoken out about the GM or talked about how Mike McCarthy sucks or how they should have done this or that or whatever. Like, and now Aaron Rodgers coming out being that type of guy is kind of surprising to me. I don't like it. Bre- say what you will about Brett Favre, but he at least like was was very straightforward with uh, if he I don't know. if he wanted to say a thing. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, this is a guy who retired, joined the Jets, retired again, and then joined the Vikings. He was a diva in his own right, in a different way than oh, Aaron yes. Rodgers, but um, still a diva, and I don't think you can call Brett Favre straightforward. Um. It, in a different way, like in he, a different way, in his career choices, but I, I don't feel like he was the same. Well, he, he was very much at an least old school quarterback. Where if you've yes. got a beef with the GM or the coach, you have a beef with the coach and the GM, and it's between you two. It's not public knowledge or anything. You guys deal with it behind closed doors, and if it doesn't work out, you get released or traded. Right, and like you actively beef with them. Like it's it's not. Not this weird. It's very mid. What Aaron Rodgers is doing is very Midwestern, <laughs> which is very passive aggressive about it. Like I've got a beef with the GM. I will not tell him about it. I am just gonna sort of make sly comments in the team group chat about how I don't like. Him. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, like say it so loud he's... enough so he can hear, but not directly to him. <laughs> for 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 that intent and purpose. Aaron Rodgers is a a true Midwesterner for pulling that one off. <laughs> you see, I, I think um, really random. I think this was one of the main issues with our with our current format. Uh, we're on Q one still, and we're a half hour into the show. Yeah, we're. <laughs> I've, I've been trying to trying to. You cannot tell. Like, come on. Us. I, I've, I shouldn't have put this one as Q one. I should have known that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> talk would get us heated. The Packers are imploding. How are we not like, ah, this is almost as good as the Astros implosion or (laughs) impending implosion. It's music to our ears that the Packers, like I, I saw there's the betting odds are out obviously about the Aaron Rodgers fiasco. And if Aaron Rodgers leaves, the bears become the favorite to win the North What the because Justin Fields, that's another interesting conversation. There we're gonna about we're the gonna Red get to Rocket. that one later. We gotta take a, a hard turn into yeah. into MLB land first with Q two. I saved Q four for the the NFL draft talk because I know <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hit the next two, and then we'll come back to this. So <clears throat> Q two, uh, we are one month yeah one month into the MLB season now, and. It's not going as we thought it would. Um, what? How? How are we feeling? How are we feeling about our teams? I don't know about I've, you guys. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. I'm, uh, well, I'm, I'm happy for you. I really am. Honestly, I'm happy for you, bud. Honestly, though, I mean, the Cardinals have been kind of a surprise. I mean, everybody thought that the. I'm going to back up first, real quick, before we talk about specific teams. This has just been a weird weird season i think right now as of may 10th there are around 20 teams that are at or within two games of 500 so there are just so many teams that are just kind of kind of struggling to figure it out and really get something going there are only two teams right now with a win percentage at 600 or higher, obviously that with the nature of baseball, that's going to change by the time this comes out. But as of May 10th, there's two teams with uh, 600 records or higher. And it's just, I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with coming out of the pandemic and getting pitchers back up to speed and not wanting to throw them in right away and ask them to do, you know, full workloads right out of the gate after a pandemic shortened season. Everybody's still just trying to figure stuff out. So it's a weird season regardless. 
into specific teams now. I think the Cardinals are benefiting from that. Whatever weird COVID juju they dealt with last season, I feel like they're being repaid, you know, kind of a karmic repayment where they dealt with a lot last season, so they're getting rewarded this season. They're just off to a great start right now. One of those two teams with a record at or above 600, they're 21 and 14 uh, after a 17 game uh, stretch where they did not have an off day. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just as a baseball fan, I'm excited that we have baseball back as a Cardinals fan. I'm excited that the, the team is playing as well as it is. Yeah, what, what worries me about baseball is kind of the same thing that happened in the NBA is that towards the end of the year, because it was. I mean, the NBA is, is also unique in this aspect, but it was such a quick turnaround for them um, that like the MLB, you always talk about like the dog days right before playoffs where it's just like, you know, game 140 and, and game 150 and stuff like that. Like that's that's a lot of baseball to play, which we've hashed out before on this podcast. But that's the the part that makes me a little nervous is is pitching going to be sustainable throughout this entire season or are our older guys like for instance nelson cruz comes to mind like is he going to be able to be here in august like is that is that going to be possible just because bodies aren't used to this they they've taken a year off bodies have changed and and they're not used to the grind of the season so um like you said no there's a lot of a lot of early season sloppy baseball going on. A lot of, I mean, we can talk about games that should have been won that aren't won because we have about 50 of them here <laughs> in Minnesota already. But uh, it's 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 ugly. It's early in the season and I'm nervous that it might get uglier towards the end with some, some really key players on some really key teams. I think that is a possibility. I'm, TJ, before I let you be sad, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you on, on excuse me, uninterrupted space to be sad. Uh, but just Anthony, to your point real quick, I think that is a big risk. I think you're already seeing a lot of players go on the IL. I know the Cardinals have dealt particularly with pitching uh, quite a few injuries up to this point. Um, but I also think having a longer season, will help in some respects, particularly for pitching, allowing time for pitchers to ramp up back to their normal workloads. Whereas with last season, I mean, you were in the final game, uh, final 60 game stretch right at the start of the season and you were having to go full steam um, after the whole COVID layoff. So I think it, it works both ways. And I think as long as teams play, obviously injuries are going to happen. And that, that's just an unfortunate part of, of baseball and, and of any sport. But I think the, the full season allows t- teams time to kind of ramp back up to, to full speed. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if we're talking about this again in, in two or three months, as we're getting toward August and September, you know, it, how the trends that have, have played out. Okay. TJ, you can be sad now. I want to talk about the Minnesota Twins. For Are you a sure you want to? <clears throat> I before the season started, I remember very fondly being excited. Um, I'm I look back on those days with with a smile that turns to a frown when I remember how things have gone. We are one month in, and the Minnesota Twins are twelve and twenty. They have lost seven games and extra innings and they have been walked off uh last i checked it was four times <laughs> i dislike what what anthony i'm sorry to interrupt but i'm like it's may how, how are those numbers possible in may no <laughs> come on i'm i'm i have the stats page for the minnesota twins pulled up right now i want to talk about byron buxton byron buxton has become the the absolute monster that we all hoped that he would be when he was brought up and he's been good since he started playing for the twins but this year he is unbelievable Right, we can all agree that this that Byron Buxton is leading the team in home runs. Byron Buxton. Yeah. He's bad at, he's hitting more home runs than Nelson Cruz, who is hitting very well. Batting 294. Byron Buxton right now has a war of 2.7, an OPS of over a thousand. He's doing so well. Nelson Cruz doing great. Arise is 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 doing all right. 
<laughs> Max Kepler's doing not so great, but he's he's coming back. He's getting up there. Donaldson's been good. Offense has been great. Minnesota offense, love it. Couldn't complain. Minnesota defense, I could not tell you what is going on. Might I? Offer- I don't get. To, I I haven't watched the games because I'm listening to them on the radio for reasons that I will not go into until later this year. But I I there was there was a, a game that is seared into my mind right now where the twins lost 12 to 11 in extra innings in the 10th inning when they went up sorry when they lost 13 to 12 i think it went up 12 to 10 in the top of the 10th inning 12 to 10 and they gave up three runs on consecutive walks and errors they walked three batters had a fielding error that let one in, and then another fielding error that let two score. If, and that's about the story of this season so far. If I might offer some level of, of hope and you optimism. May not. <laughs> in 2019, the Washington Nationals, through the first 50 games of the season, were a... Uh, were 19 and 31. They were sub 400. They were the fourth worst team in baseball, or 12 games below 500. They won the World Series that year. And that that is the beauty of a 162-game season, is that if your team is struggling, it's best to do it in April and May while there's still plenty of time to figure it out. And this is a, a, a season where, obviously, you want to be doing well so you can stay in contention the entire time, but the Twins have time. They can figure it out, and particularly around the trade deadline, if they're close to figuring it out, they can add one or two pieces and make a post-All-Star break surge. Obviously, that's not the ideal way (laughs) to to try and win a championship and to make it to the postseason, but it is possible, and we see a lot of teams do it all the time. But so the twins can't just like sit and say, "Oh yeah, well we'll just let it play out." They've actually they've got to try and get better and try and figure out what the heck is going on with their team right now, but. It's only May. We're not even 50 games into the season yet. There's still plenty of time for this team to figure it out. I have two things to say. One, I would love the Twins to figure it out, to work really hard, to get better and to improve. But I'm so scared that the White Sox are better than I was hoping they would be. Because they're looking really good right now and i don't like that i wasn't ready for it to happen this fast but the twins have they have an uphill battle just to get to 500 they have a more uphill battle with the fact that the white Sox might be world series contenders this year well i was what we talked about that yeah we did Was at the beginning of last year we talked about the White Sox being maybe one or two years away, and yep. maybe it looks like it was one. But <laughs> also, it's, you know, again, it's May 10th. So a lot, a lot, a lot can happen. And like looking at just looking at the, the crude standings right now, it's like, okay, 12 and 20 doesn't sound great. But, you know, if you think we win half of those games that we've lost in extra innings, we're at 500 then. So, it's it's a lot closer than I think the the record shows just because they've been heartbreaking losses. And, you know, maybe we're getting all those out of the way here so we don't have to do that uh, in the playoffs again because I, I think there's a, a continual streak that's been going on for a while, but, you know, we don't have to talk about that. Gotta I get think it's also first. important to keep in mind who the White Sox have played up to this point uh, and where they've gotten – most of their wins from and we're not deep enough into the season yet where the um you're not facing a lot of different teams at this point yet and so they're getting a lot of their their wins from division opponents namely the sputtering kansas city royals and Cleveland. And so Cleveland's a, a fairly decent team, but you also look a lot of their wins in there uh, come against the Tigers. 
uh, come against the Rangers. So it's not like they're facing world-beating talent. Um, so it, I don't know, it's just, it is so hard to make definitive statements on how good a team is when you're only 40 games in. I'm going to make definitive statements right now <laughs> and say that the White Sox are a good team and they'll go to the World Series and win it. And I'm saying this right now because what I said about a month and a half ago was that the Twins were going to be really good and the White Sox were going to be less good. I'm hoping that by saying this, as what often happens, the reverse will happen. <laughs> Because I can't seem to get anything right, which is why the next two topics I will be making no definitive claims about a Minnesota team being good. I'm going to make none right now. The Minnesota Twins are bad, and the White Sox are good, and they will always be this way. Now, let's change things up, universe. I appreciate Appreciate you falling on that sword for us, TJ. Yeah, I have to. I have to sometimes swallow my own pride. I have to admit the truth, which will soon not be the truth. Um, and because we're already at a ways into this recording and we don't need to go for eight hours, uh, we're going to just hop right into Q3 because we're on the topic of Minnesota teams. Um, and this was one, just briefly want to mention the Minnesota Wild who are on track. This is not a definitive claim of them being good or not good. I am stating a statistical fact, and that it is that they are on track to make the playoffs this season. All right? Universe, that's all I said. <laughs> I, I have put no, no claim behind this beyond that. But... They will be going into the playoffs, and they have a similar streak going to the Minnesota Twins, wherein the Minnesota Wild have made the playoffs uh, plenty of times in their 20-year history. If they make it this year, it'll be their 10th time. So, again, batting 500. Pretty good. They have not won a playoff series since 2015. And I just want to hear... We don't have to spend a lot of time on it. I just want to hear, will they win a series this year or not no no i mean that's the easy answer right like also are I we mean, supposed to be me... going opposite of what we actually want that's to happen? true i know but no but my, my honest answer is no i don't, I don't think okay. so <laughs> to me it's i let me overreact here for a second so to me, it's it could be a similar situation to okay, this is gonna be a, a real big stretch, but like LeBron in Cleveland, right? So like years of mediocrity, not winning anything. Like you need someone who that just for some reason doesn't apply to, and LeBron's like, no, like I'm gonna win it. I like I don't even care about Cleveland not winning this or winning that. Like I'm just gonna win it. And I feel like Kaprizov has that almost like blissful ignorance here, where it's just like no, this is just more games. We're going to win. I'm going to score. We're going to win. So I, I don't know why it feels different this year. Maybe because Kaprizov has been like the guy and he's been all over social media and everything. But um, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say they win at least one series this year. That That's all that I'm going to give them is one series. But uh, I, I just think he's just kind of stone cold like yo yeah we're no i'm just gonna win this game i'm gonna put the team on my back and and win it so i i do want to say about about kaprizov that it's it's so nice as a minnesota fan to have a player who was wildly hyped up before he came to the team like when he was signed and there was he was signed and the way that it worked when he was coming over from the russian league is that he had to there was like a year gap in between when he got signed versus when he could play in Minnesota. And it just so happened that that year was COVID. So like he didn't really miss a whole lot. Um, but over the course of that year, there was just an insane amount of hype. Like I would see uh, highlight videos of him in the league over there and just like killing it. And wild fans were all over it, all over it. And 
it's nice for once to have a player with that much hype who comes and plays as well as he was hyped up to play. Like, it's just, it's just really nice, you guys. I like it a lot. Um, and with that being said, I also don't think they'll win a playoff series. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I think the team is pretty good. I, for again, going off of just how good Kaprizov is, he's he's a shooter. He knows how to get the puck in the net in marvelous and insane ways between his legs, backwards, flipping, jumping on a tightrope, juggling, flaming, bowling balls. But um, that plus his ability to he's he's surprisingly for a shooter, he's good at delegating. He's good at getting the puck around to the other shooters in the team. Um, I think he's a really good leader. I think the team has a lot of potential. I like the way they're going in. They've they've really just kind of shrugged off the old team. Um, that had had made it to the playoffs so many times and didn't succeed back when they built that dream team a few years ago. Um, really, the last remaining member of it is Zach Parisi, and it's likely he won't start if they make it to the playoffs. Um, so the team moving on in that direction is is refreshing and. I think it needed to happen as much as I loved the guys that were on that old team with Koivu and Granlund and uh, Zucker and Parisi and everyone that was there. um, I think the team moving in a new direction was needed because it wasn't capitalizing on the opportunities that they have. And at the same time, I understand this is a Minnesota team. So will there be any progress? It's doubtful. We the the Minnesota Twins have changed the full roster at least That's... four times since their first playoff loss of this series, and every time they go to the playoffs, like we're a different team, it's a, it's a different thing now, and it's like, well, that doesn't matter. It'll still happen. <laughs> You're still yeah. gonna go zero and three, and the streak will continue. So. That's that, my take on the that, wild situation. That was the comparison I was gonna make. Was. Remember last year when Rocky came out and said, oh, no, this is a complete, like, they don't even know about this. And then that happened again. They don't even know about this. They just also will lose and add to the legacy. (laughs) And now they know. Uh, All right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, uh, go wild, skull wild. Hope you do well. I, in order to, to like guard my happiness, I will not have expectations beyond making the playoffs. I think that's fair. That's smart, really, is what you're doing. You're you're protecting yeah. your own emotional state. I right gotta there. protect myself. <laughs> I have to. And being a Minnesota sports fan has taught me one thing. It's to protect my emotional well being at all costs. Because they will do whatever they can to tear it from me. Speaking of teams being hopeful, Q4. Ah, we just got through the NFL draft. And by that, I mean it was two weeks ago now because we do not record regularly. We are busy people with full-time jobs and like lives and stuff. But we're here now. The draft happened. Uh, I, I want to ask a couple questions. One, who do you think had the best draft? And two, who do you think... I, I know I asked for top five. That's that's a little bold for the time we have left. But uh, who do you think had the best draft is the most improved team? And then who right now, as it stands, is the best team in the NFL? And then as kind of a follow-up, how do you feel about your own team? So I can answer the first two questions with one team, Chicago Bears. Um. We'll get into that a little bit. Hold on, hold on a second. 
<laughs> Wait, are you saying that the Chicago Bears are the best team in the NFL? No, I'm saying that they had the best draft and they're the most improved team. I'm not saying they're the best team in the NFL. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was thinking like best draft and most improved was like the same oh, no, question no, 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 in my no, no. mind. Yeah. So I thought you were making the claim that the Chicago Bears, as it stands, are the best team no, no, in no, the no, NFL. No, no. I think that still goes. I'd probably give it to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, they didn't have much in the way of, of weaknesses and what they've done over the offseason, both in the drafts and free agency to kind of shore up the offensive line. Uh, added a de- They didn't have a first-round pick, added a decent uh, uh, linebacker in Nick Bolton from Missouri uh, and uh, Creed Humphrey, their center from Oklahoma. So the few weaknesses that they did have, they improved that. So I still think it, you can either say the, the chiefs or the Buccaneers uh, are, are probably still the top two teams in the NFL. Um, if I can get into it for a little bit, this Dallas Cowboys <laughs> draft is so <laughs> perplexing. Like I just, I have no idea how to feel about it. Um, overall, I feel good. Uh, like my first impression, the Cowboys had a historic, Historically bad defense last season gave up a franchise record 475 yards per game like they were total 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 garbage they then proceeded to spend eight of their 11 draft picks on defensive players <laughs> and so I, I think the the emphasis was there they've got a new defensive coordinator in dan quinn this was very much a dan quinn draft and the pieces are in place for the Cowboys to be a much improved team. I, I think my favorite beat writer for the Dallas Cowboys, um, David Hellman, wrapped it up the best, or summed it up the best. We're going to be talking about this draft five years from now in one of two ways. One, we're going to be talking about, look at how many great players the Cowboys got. They really set themselves up for success in the 2021 draft. And we're going to be having, you know, a good defense along with the juggernaut of an offense that we have. We'll be talking about it like, yeah, the the Cowboys set themselves up for, you know, their last four Super Bowls that they've just won in the last four years from the 2021 draft. Not, Not that good, but you get what I'm saying. Or we're going to be talking about, wow. They certainly misjudged a lot of guys in that draft class. There are so many boom or bust prospects that the Cowboys have taken where it's just you really can't tell how well the Cowboys drafted and probably won't be able to until, you know, probably 2025 at the earliest. You might get, you know, I think Micah Parsons is – was labeled as one of the best defensive players, if not the best defensive player in the draft and has the potential to be a a real impact starter and maybe even potential superstar right away. So I think, but, but even then his floor is still really low, but his ceiling is so high. So it's just, it's one of those things where you know that not all of your picks are going to pan out, but how many of them are going to. So Long story short, I'm just really confused. I don't know. I I feel like I should be excited, and I kind of am excited, but also just because we're in that point of the season where I feel like every single year, I feel like the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, but Super Bowls aren't won in April. So long story short, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough to say, you know, like you said, no, it's – I mean – Obviously, the team that had the best pick in the draft would be the Jaguars. So, I I mean, I feel like that's where you naturally gravitate towards just because it's like, okay, who needed the most help and who got the quote-unquote most help? Um, I The Jaguars are so weird to me, and, and that's a – I mean, I don't know if we want to dip our toes into that tonight too, but um, I there's so many teams that are – teetering on that like really close to really good so like the chargers for example is is a team that's like could be really good the cardinals are in that same uh that same field the raiders are in there too like it's tough to say who who got that one pick that's going to make the difference i think what everyone's been talking about is like is it going to be trevor lawrence is it going to be zach wilson is it going to be trey lance is it going to be um justin fields or mac jones like which which one of these guys is going to be the guy and who's going to be the 
you know, Josh Rosen from a couple of years ago. Like what, what the heck is going on in Chicago? Is Jacksonville going to win more than three games? Like the jets are the jets. Like yeah, there's so many question marks around these quarterbacks and it's, it's really hard to say which team needed, like all of them obviously needed quarterbacks, but like, what does that mean this season? You know, it's, it's really, really confusing and, and really hard to say. So, I mean, that's a, you know, that's me just deflecting your question and not giving you a straight up answer. But uh, um, a lot of teams like Dolphins and Jets had a lot of picks. So it's it's kind of what you were saying, Noah. It's like, well, do we perpetuate this mediocrity continually or are we going to actually put our foot in the ground and make a difference? And I don't know yet. I I think I think the Bears had the best best draft. I think it's hard to I argue think against I'm say that. It right now. Yeah, I just, I'm, <clears throat> the, like, Justin Fields was my favorite quarterback in the draft. I think Trevor Lawrence, I think he's really good. I don't know how much he will live up to the hype around him just because the hype is so high. Like, everyone just kind of assumed that he is so far and away better than every other quarterback, which I think in college he was. But once you get into the pros, it matters who your coach is. It matters who you're surrounded by. And I worry for his sake because Jacksonville, I think, is... Um, they, they have the potential to be good, I think. I think they are in the best spot they've been in since their AFC championship run. I also think that we should keep in mind that this is the team that went to the AFC Championship game and then two years later was one of the worst teams in the league. We really need to understand that this is not a franchise that is built on sustained success. This is a franchise that uh, is concerning for a lot of reasons. And I don't know if Trevor Lawrence will be as good there as everyone kind of hopes he will be. That said, Justin Fields, I think, has a better chance because the Bears haven't had a great track record with quarterbacks either, but at least they've been around for longer and have won a Super Bowl. So, And I think it's looking at the, the, the team that had the best draft, obviously their first pick is the most important pick in the draft, but it's not the only one. And so looking at how the other teams drafted, and so it was weird. The, the Bears only had two picks or uh, two picks in the top 150. They had a first round pick, a second round pick, and then they didn't pick again until the fifth. But it's arguable that they got three first round talents in Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma State, and then Larry Borum, an offensive lineman out of Missouri. I mean, Borum, I, I got to see him play a couple of times, and that dude is a freaking monster. Goodness gracious. I mean, such such an aggressive offensive lineman. And that's something you need in this you know, kind of a, uh, particularly for the bears who, who like kind of the, you know, the, the ground and pound and you want to give Justin Fields, uh, you know, get him going with play action and everything. You need good, strong, beefy offensive linemen who can take another person and just throw them down. Um, and it, I, I'm surprised that Larry Borum fell as far as he did. Uh, so you, you got two great offensive linemen to compliment Justin Fields and to make sure that he doesn't die. Um, and then you got some solid contributors in the sixth and the seventh round. So overall, the Bears didn't have the most picks, but what they did, they made the most with those. Yeah, I I don't think they're close to winning the division yet. Um, I am very intrigued to see whether or not they start Justin Fields right off the bat after that whole snafu of about three weeks ago, they tweeted QB one with a picture of Andy Dalton. So well, I, I feel so bad for Andy cause he signed with the bears and, and he, had a, he had a press conference and said, yes, they told me that I am the guy. They told me that I am the starter. It's like, of course that's why he signed with them. But then, you know, they go and draft Justin Fields. So <sighs> for his sake, I hope he starts this season. And that, also for Justin to. Fields sake, like, rookies that come in their first year more like we've seen some that do fine right but more often than not 
having a year to sit behind a veteran quarterback leads to so much more success. I think we're going the road. I think we're gonna see a Ryan Fitzpatrick to attack of Iloa situation where I can very very easily see a situation which Andy Dalton is playing and is playing surprisingly well and is keeping the Bears relevant. You know, they might be, you know, four and two, three and three through the first half of the season. Uh, and then inexplicably, Matt Nagy's like, OK, yeah, we spent a, a first round pick on Justin Fields. He's ready to go. I'm pulling the Andy. Sorry. And then, sure, Justin Fields will play well enough um, where you like what you're seeing and you want to keep him in. Um which sucks for Andy because I mean, he is still, he's a competent quarterback, which you can't say about a lot of other people in the national football league. But I mean, given his track record, he's going to have a very short leash, even though he performed admirably in Dallas his last season. So I I can very well see a, a, a scenario in which Andy starts the season as the starter, but will not be the starter by midway through. I think we have to keep in mind how unusual the NFC North is going to look this year or has the potential to look this year. I mean, we could be dealing with very possibly three out of the four teams with new quarterbacks. Like there's the, and the only one being Kirk Cousins that could possibly be returning too. like Matt Stafford's gone. Aaron Rodgers might be gone. And we have Andy Dalton instead of Trubisky. So it's the NFC North is is really up for grabs as we sit here in May. Like a lot can happen before September, but um I I agree it has to be Andy Dalton first. At least just to like justify you, spending that money. Be. And then after that it's like, nah, okay, we can give it to the young guy and see what he can do. But it's gotta be him first. It has to be. Um the Bears are not the best team in the league. No, not even close. I, I, I'm going to give that right now to Tampa Bay still. Uh, I know the Chiefs had a really good draft, and like those are kind of the two teams that – I know it's 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 very typical to think about the two teams in the Super Bowl last year as the best teams in the league, but a lot of times teams that were in the Super Bowl the previous year lose players. And the Bucks didn't. I, I – <laughs> I'm going to give it to Tampa Bay right now because that was a team that I didn't see having much in terms of a weakness and they returned all 22 starters. Yeah, that's insane. I, yeah, that, I like like that's you have to give you have to give it to them I think just for the fact that they won a Super Bowl and it's literally the same team. Yeah. So they'll probably do it again. And it's Tom Brady in front of it, so that complicates things even more. Um, for the Vikings, I I just want to say, we have been saying it for years now. <laughs> I wish the Vikings would draft an offensive line. Please, <laughs> please, please. And finally, they did it. They drafted not one, but two offensive linemen. Their first pick and their second pick. And folks, I am ecstatic about that fact. I, I'm hoping they'll be great. I think they'll be good. I'm just, I, I can't wipe the grin off of my face knowing that at least they're trying. At least they gave it a shot because that's more than what they did before. Well, I I think to the rest of the NFL, as if, you know, as if we're the only ones seeing this and there no one else is seeing this, but like just watching the Super Bowl again emphasizes the importance of five really, really good offensive linemen in today's NFL. Like if you want to win, you need to have offensive linemen who can protect your superstars and your playmakers. And the Chiefs did not have that in the Super Bowl and they got exposed because of it. The Vikings haven't had that since the 90s and (laughs) they've been exposed. So it's early, like late 2009, you know, 2010, 2011. They had a they had a solid offensive line. Oh, that the the moving company was yes. yes, yeah. But I just 
when you think about the fact that Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes couldn't play well with an offensive line that wasn't great, that wasn't elite. Like I'm, I'm as big of a Kirk Cousins proponent as I think you'll find anywhere. But I'm going to say Kirk Cousins is not nearly as good as Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes can't make it work without an elite offensive line, do we really expect that Kirk Cousins will? No. Exactly. That's, yeah. So I'm happy the Vikes gave it a shot. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, going into this season, I at least can go into it with the mindset that they tried. That it's not just that that Rick Spielman isn't just sitting up there saying, well, let's see what happens with the same offensive lineman we had last year. He's making it work, hopefully. And I'm excited about it. Uh, Cross your fingers. Yeah, uh, I don't get excited about Minnesota sports often anymore simply because it always ends in pain. (laughs) But I'm going to let myself get excited and not I'm ready to be hurt again as I say every year. Um, <laughs> I'm not, but I, and I never will be, but eh, that's the way of the Minnesota sports fan. Uh, the other way of the Minnesota sports ma- fan is to uh, follow us on Twitter at the Offside SN and our Facebook, the Offside Sports Network. Hit us up on our website, www.offsidesportsota.com and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast listening app. Noah, would you like to give us the hashtag? You know what, TJ? I would absolutely love to. (laughs) Hashtag Romo2020, hashtag Go Browns, hashtag I didn't uh, uh, pause. (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) I didn't uh, pause Pause. needs to be the new hashtag. (laughs) That's the one we're adding for today. Write it down. Okay. Uh, You guys vamp while I do that. (laughs) (laughs) We're expected to fill in time. I want you to know, no, I will not be cutting this out of the final episode. Okay, cool. Uh, Hashtag (laughs) I didn't need... A couple ages in there. There's got to be like a like an underscore, kind of like the abrupt. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Uh, uh, so uh, the the reason for my stuttering. Our third hashtag is give Teddy his job back, and he currently has a job. It wasn't his job, but he's like right now technically the starter in Denver. But with rumors, so should we just keep it as Teddy give Teddy his job back, or should we have Teddy got his hashtag, job back? Hashtag. Teddy's job question mark. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Romo 2020. Hashtag, hashtag Go Browns. Hashtag Teddy's job. Hashtag Spoof for Boof. <laughs> hashtag Kevin. Hashtag Minshew Mania. Hashtag Jolt the Bolt. Hashtag Cobb Bosses. Hashtag Kiss Kruger. Hashtag Plug Me In. Hashtag Heck Off Stand. Hashtag WTF WFT. Hashtag Build the Puma. Hashtag It Wing. Hashtag It Chow. Hashtag Hire Jacob Schneider. Hashtag Ham Sandwich. Hashtag Base Food Bass Cocker. Hashtag Ohio Does Exist. Hashtag I Didn't Need. Uh, hold on. Uh, let's pause. Uh, from all of us on the Key 4 podcast, TJ, Noah, and Anthony. And from all of us at the Offside Sports Network, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.